I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Yo, Jake Crowder just went off. I'm watching the Suns game right now. And Jake Crowder just hit like three triples in a row. AD is headed back to the locker room. And the Suns are off to a firing start. Tell you, man, if they can eliminate the Lakers on their own home floor. Oh, that would be sweet. Knicks are out. I've got nobody but to... uh, no, Nothing but to root against the Lakers. That's what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm going for Phoenix in this series. It's rooting against the Lakers in the West, and I'm rooting against the NJ Nets in the East. Because I'm bitter like that. Never been a LeBron James fan, and I've obviously not an, an NJ Nets fan. What's happening? This is an episode on the Yankees, though. Episode 254, What's Happening, Everybody? I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to BD4. Um... Another series goes by where we're kind of just looking at everything and we have ourselves going, what the hell? Another frustrating series. The the hitting sucked. The starting pitching was so-so. Came back down to earth a bit after their ridiculous stretch. Um, the bullpen was great, but... The defense, the base running, these fundamentals, they remain horrendous. And this is it, man. This is what we're getting. You know, there's no, like, uh, this is what, it's June 3rd as I'm recording this. It's Thursday, June 3rd. We're in. We're in. We're, we're deep into the season. We're a third of the way through, right? Like, check my math here. Hold on. Yeah, about 57 divided by 162 is a little more than a third of the way through. So we're more than a third of the way through here. And we are still not crisp. We are we still don't look like a baseball team. A baseball team that's supposed to be a World Series contender. Like, if we keep doing this shit, can we stop with the whole, you know what I hate? I'll take it. I'll settle for that. Can we stop settling? We keep doing that, too. I always see Yankees fans and Yankees media doing that shit. Oh, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, the Rays usually bitch us around, so I'll settle with a two out of four. Oh, blah, 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 blah. I'll settle with two out of three against the O's instead of sweeping them. This and we we've been saying I'll settle with this for the entire year. Why do you think we are what four or five games above five hundred after fifty seven games? Why do you think that is? Because we keep having to settle. I ain't settling for this split, man. The Yankees were supposed to take at least three out of four. They had their ace on the mound in the final game of the set, and they couldn't get it done. 
They are now 6-6 six and six on days that Garrett Cole pitches. That's not supposed to happen. He's supposed to be the guy who goes out there and is the only guaranteed win per week. One, you, you know, every World Series contending team usually has that one day a week where they know their ace is going to be on the mound and you'll get the win that day. The Yankees are 500 and it doesn't start so far with Cole. Now, more times than not, it's the offense letting him down. But tonight, he was, or this afternoon, he was not great. So settling for this, settling for that, taking this, accepting this, that's going to get you a barely 500 team, guys. Wake up. Stop settling. We got to start jumping here. We got to get on the road. We got to hit it. We can't be losing these games. We got swept to the Tigers, and now we lose to the Rays, who... They do the little things. They play defense. They run the bases. And, and they win behind good pitching and team play offensively. They do enough to get by. I mean, they have zero superstars on their team. We have a roster that's supposed to be star-studded, and these guys are all underachieving. I'm not settling, man. I'm tired of that, first and foremost. I'm tired of the settling bullshit. That's not me. I don't settle. Call me spoiled. I'd much rather be spoiled than whatever the exact opposite of that is. You know, lacking hunger. Oh my gosh. Settle. I'll take it. I'm tired. I've heard that so much already. Oh, uh, you know, it's not the worst in the world. Yeah. Are we supposed to be having that mentality as the New York Yankees? Why do you think we are almost 500? We are barely above 500 a few days into June now because we keep settling. We keep settling. And unfortunately, yeah. That's that's how, that has to be the way it is. We have to be mad about settling for a split because of of the year we're having. You know, if we were having a dominant year and we were playing 600 or better baseball, then yeah, you'd settle for a split against the Rays. But we're not. We're having a type of year where we're clearly underachieving. So we have to start getting it going. And you don't get it going by settling. You gotta hit. We gotta get it go. We gotta put our foot on the gas. It's go time, man. It is go time. And the Yankees haven't gone yet. They've had spurts, but they have not gone yet. Welcome to the show. If you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to do that right now, everybody. You can go and find us on, um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, we're sponsored by Anchor, so if you want to listen to us on Anchor, um, it's a little subdivision by, by Spotify, you can listen to us, to us there. Um, and many more platforms you can go to, to to listen to us on. And if you want to watch the podcast, you can watch the video feed on YouTube. Um, and, and there's many platforms. If you want to find all those platforms, uh, you know, where to subscribe to BD4, um, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and X analysis, then go to my website. And my website is on my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. If you go there to my link tree, it'll show you where the podcast is, where the blog that I write is, um, and it'll also show you my three social media platforms in order to reach me there. So, thank you for stopping by. This is rough. And uh, also, before we even get into the Yankees again, or even more, um, you know, we're gonna have we're gonna have an episode discussing the inevitable. Um, you know, the Knicks, I've been trying to avoid the Knicks on the podcast here for a bit after, you know, they lost, after they lost game four, I didn't recap in the blog and I didn't do an episode in the podcast and I haven't done one yet for games five in the blog and in this podcast either because I'm just trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to take a break. 
you know that that it was this it was really the second loss of the series that really took it all out of me because that the second loss of the series was the third game of the series and even in that win all three games you could tell up to that point the Knicks didn't have a solution you know three games is enough for me to determine hmm have the Knicks even slightly figured out what Atlanta had to stop Atlanta and it was the same exact problems up to that point so that's when I kind of drew the conclusion that okay this one's probably going to go to the more talented team who has the advantage in the Atlanta Hawks and it went to the Hawks two games later it became official game five the Knicks blown out again didn't even make the series competitive let's be honest they had one little good stretch you know towards the end of the third quarter and in the entire fourth quarter in game two there for their brief victory. And um, they went on the road to Atlanta. They got their shits beat. They headed back home. And they got embarrassed on their home floor. Repulsive. Now you look back at it, you know, if you're a rational fan who's watched this 27-10 Phoenix. Wow. If you're a rational fan who's watched this team from the start, you will accept. You'll give it a few days. It took me a bit, but you're going to accept it, that this was a positive season for the Knicks. Um, boy, do they have some stuff to work on in the offseason. And man, I can't say that I'm exactly optimistic they'll get it done with the amount of star-studded players that aren't in the free agency this year. Um, but... It was a positive step in the right direction. Listen, man, I'm 26 years old. The best Knicks team I've seen alive or that I can remember was the Carmelo team in, in 2013, which was a one-year thing. This is promising. We have some core pieces. We have cap space, financials, draft capital. This could work, um, but there are some issues that need to be tweaked. And we're going to get into that once we discuss the Knicks, but... Just thought I put that out there real quick that I'm not talking Knicks yet. I'm going to take a few days. I don't know when I'm going to come out with another Knicks episode. It'll be sometime soon enough. Hopefully soon, like within the next week or two. Um, but we'll see. I, I just have to see how I'm dealing with this. You know, I'm mourning right now. I am in mourning. I need to take a break. Um, I'm all Knicks out. If that makes any sense. I, I just, I'm drained. I am mentally drained from this team. Um, you know, when you have such a good season, it's hard not to get a little bit greedy. And you wanted more, you wanted more, you wanted more, right? At the start of the year, we started hot. I was like, all right, I want 30 wins. Then we got even better. It's like, all right, could we get a 500 record? And then we did. And then it's like, all right, do we have a chance to slip into the playoffs? Got a little bit more greedy, and we did. And then we saw we had a fourth seed for a while. We we're hanging on to it. It's like, all right. I mean, I'm getting greedy here, but I would, it would be nice to get the fourth seed. And we got that. And then we get to the first round. It's like, hmm, we're in the playoffs for the first time in eight years. But how cool would it be if we could get past the first round? You know, and I feel like that would have continued in the second round and the third round until... Like, the season was going to end on a loss. The Knicks were not going to win the finals. So, eventually it was going to happen. It's just unfortunate that the Hawks were the matchup that most of us wanted. And the Knicks were absolutely outclassed on their own home floor. 
wherever they played. So that's that, man. I I, I can't say um I don't want to get too much into it because I want to save that for the next Knicks episode we do. So two fifty four, we're doing Yankees and um Tell you what, man, Phoenix looks damn good. It's 30 to 12 with a minute left in the first. The Lakers look lost. They. This will be awesome. This will be awesome. This will be legit. I am pulling for them. All right, let's head to break. I guess we'll get started. I don't think this is going to be too long of an episode. I've got class in the morning, and I've got something to attend to after that. So, going to be a busy day tomorrow. So, I got to get sleep as early as I can. So, hope you guys' day is doing well hope you had a good day and I hope you're having a good day it is as you're listening to this it's most likely Friday January 4th and um yeah sorry just reading some stuff here one moment does anybody follow the um the fucking uh what do they call themselves? The B, Babylon B. It's like a it's a satire page that I found on on Instagram. Gosh, they are fucking hilarious. They kill me with these fake headlines. All right, <laughs> just I'm not gonna get into it. There's a really good uh, sports one. It's like fake sports center. I used to follow. I don't know if they still have their page, but it's hilarious. That's a good one, too. So, back to the Yankees, man. Yeah. Um, Again, it sucked that we have to, after getting swept by the Tigers, we're hearing the whole narrative of, you'll take a split against a division rival in Tampa. And, again, that's not acceptable. This is the Yankees team that's not supposed to settle for mediocrity. And now we're in, a, we're in an American League East where, let's be real, the Boston Red Sox are still in it. The Blue Jays are on the ups. They're hanging in there along with Tampa, who's not going away. So it's a it's going to be a competitive division, and we shouldn't take it lightly. Just saying. So it's time to start dominating and not settling. We've got to stop. Let's head to break. When we get back, we'll dive right in. Hopefully, again, this episode isn't too long. Um, But, you know, we'll see what happens. Be right back.
my buddy just told me he's six for six on his threes. Uh, Devin Booker. Christ. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to BD4, be sure to do that right now. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and all those listening feeds. You can watch us on YouTube. Um, yeah, please, please subscribe to us. Download. Subscribe, share, comment. Rate us. Review us. Much appreciated. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the blog, that I, I write a blog. <laughs> oh, do I write a fucking blog. Sorry, man. I've been so sporadic with the blog this year. But now that the Knicks are out, we'll be more consistent. Don't worry. Um... Yeah, I wrote a blog. Supposedly, supposed to be every Knicks and Yankees game. But again, we got so busy towards the end of the Knicks season, being that they were in the playoffs, that we had that we had to kind of fucking, you know, slow it down with the blog. We were so focused on the podcast and everything, and and the blog at the same time. So some of you know some episodes were skipped, some blog articles were skipped, um, for each team, but. I promise you, now that we're, you know, solely focusing on the Yankees, it'll be much more consistent, and you'll rarely see me miss any days in either. So, the blog, the podcast, and my social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, you can find all that stuff on my link tree, linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Now, let's get to... The first game of the set um, against Tampa. Tampa's coming in. They're visiting. You had Jamison Tyone going up against Rich Hill. Now, this was the Memorial Day matchup. Now, episode 253, the last episode of this pod, we covered this one. Well, we didn't talk about the game, but it was after the game. We did our report card, our, our progress report two-month progress report, so we kind of just ranted that. It was like a 30-minute event episode, to be honest with you, but we didn't talk about this. Game one, the Yankees took a 3-1 to loss. It was their fourth in a row. Um, Yeah, basically that whole, you know, streak from hell continued. Not to say we're out of it now. We did pick up a couple middle, middle game wins, but you know, it's rough. Uh, and, and this one was bad. We lose 3-1, to one, uh, you know, I don't know. Just going through it here in my notes, Margo hits a two-run double, or, a, I'm sorry, an RBI double, makes it one nothing. Meadows, 2 nothing with the homer. A Rosarina, who was actually held in check this series, did get an RBI single here and make it 3 nothing. Tyone ends up going 5-plus, three earned runs, five strikeouts. So-so. Just as he's been, you know, at his best, he's so-so. At his worst, he's pretty bad. I don't know. I'm not loving what I'm seeing. He doesn't have an out pitch when that high fastball isn't there. So it's like, dude, what's going to happen when Seve gets back? They're talking about Seve in the bullpen. I knew they were going to milk him. 
I hope that's not what they do. But, yeah, I mean, if we're, we don't have Kluber anymore, and Tyone is not pitching well, so two of the guys we got, those were two slots that were supposed to be occupied with, with positive impact, but Kluber was having such a good year, he gets hurt. Now he's gone for probably the entire year, I'm thinking. And then Tyone, you know, he's got a five-year race still. Um, it, it's Wiki, Peralta, Sessa for the remaining four innings of the game. They shut it out. Four strikeouts. But, you know, the Yankees just non-existent offensively. Other than Miguel Andujar, two hits, a home run. They didn't do anything. They didn't even get into scoring position. They had two at-bats with runners in scoring position. 0 for 2. But they didn't do anything. The lineup was bad. One run on five hits, three walks, six strikeouts, and a ground into a double play, which was LeMahieu, of course. And then just just taking total control of us was Rich Hill. Again, he, he did it for the second time this year. Guy's so old and he kills us. Torres makes an error, his ninth error of the season. Throwing a fucking two-seamer over to first base. It was a bad loss. And even this, you know, taking two out of four, it felt even worse because the Yankees played bad baseball. They did. But game two was a win. Tyler Glasnow versus Domingo Herman. Yankees eventually won 5-3. Um, Austin Meadows, a two-run shot, makes it 2-0 early. Judge walks in a run. Then a wild pitch off Zanino makes it a 2-2 game. Miggy gets another home run. 3-2 Yankees in the fourth. Kiermaier hits a homer in the fifth. This ties the game. The Yankee pen shuts it down from there. And it eventually goes into extras in the 11th. Where you have Clint walking it off with the two-run shot. Now we've had a few walk-offs this season. But I feel like this was the first one that was actually fun to, to enjoy. Because you think about it. This wasn't a wild pitch. It wasn't ball four. It wasn't on an error or a sack fly or field of choice. Because that's usually the way we've been getting these walk-offs this year. Thinking back. This was a legit, not a hit, but a home run. It was an actually, it was a walk-off home run. Um, so good for Clint. Had a big game. Obviously had another uh, unnecessary Superman diving catch because of course he does. <laughs> and every time he has a good game, he he'll do the interview in the press here. <laughs> Ironically enough, um, and you could tell this guy, this guy's ego, man. He loves the attention on him. He loves when he does well. You could tell he. he I read a tweet. Um, this was actually a few weeks ago when he did another one of his Superman unnecessary dives. Um, somebody I had actually on the show before last year. Uh, I read a tweet of his. Clint Frazier probably practices that dive on the sofa in his living room. <laughs> totally fucking does that shit, man. 
that's the kind of guy Clint is. That's his ego. That's his persona. Yeah. All right. Um, the lineup had six hits, seven walks, and they struck out 11 times. This was the game where Gary made another disgusting base running error. The second series in a row, not even three or four games apart, maybe. What are you doing, guy? And they always come in these costly fucking times. Oh my gosh. And I think he had a couple of pass balls as well. DJ made another error. I mean, shit. Tell you, the Yankees fundamentals, like like I'm saying, like the Rays do the little things. Other teams who are supposed to contend for a championship, they do the little things. And the Yankees, for a team that's supposed to contend, they don't do the little things. That's concerning. They have zero fundamentals. It's like they don't know how to do kindergarten shit. That's really how are you in how are you a professional baseball player? So many of these guys, and they don't know simple fundamentals. It is now 42 to 18. The Phoenix Suns have the ball going in for more out in transition. 45 to 18. This is awesome, man. This is amazing. Oh, I can't wait to see LeBron walk off the court again. He's going to be so upset if they pull this off. Oh, it's going to make my freaking year. Um, It was a bad game. On top of that, it's like, why? I mean, they won the game. I get it. But, like, I was so pissed when I saw the lineup. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not surprised because this is what we do. We do stupid shit with a lineup card. It's. Why are we lagging? They had Mike Ford. Mike Ford batting fifth. And Root Nettle Door batting second. Who keeps batting second? Listen, I get it's Tyler Glass now. You wanted to do the you wanted the whole matchup thing, right? You wanted the lefty. Whatever. But to bat Odor in the two hole and then Mike Ford right after the cleanup hitter. What? What like they're there are no metrics that justify that shit. And if you're using metrics to justify that, you need a reality check and have to relearn how baseball operates. That's bullshit. You don't do that. On top of that, Stanton and Torres get their rest. What are we doing with this Stanton thing, dude? By the way, like, what's going on here? Huh? He really needs two days rest in a four-game set? He just got back from injury. He's had already, what, three or four rest days since getting back like a week ago? And we're doing it already? Is he not ready? And if that was the case, if that's the case, if he's not ready to come back, why is he here? Why isn't he rehabbing down in AAA then? Like, what is this? A designated hitter who has to get off of his feet three to four times a night, three to five times a night. And then he sits on the bench the majority of the night. That's all. He's getting off the bench four times a night. That's all he has to do. And you can't play him every day? You have to sit him? Three, two, three times a fucking week right now? 
What are we doing, dude? It is absolutely mind-boggling how ridiculous we approach this shit. This is absolutely absurd. Torah has got rest. These pre-fixed rest days that are built into the schedule are absolutely absurd. Absolutely nonsense. It makes them so unlikable. The way they do things, it is so difficult to be a fan of this organization right now. 45 to 18. Seven minutes left in the second quarter. Oh, man. It's it's unbelievable. Some of the shit they do, man. These lineups, the rest. Oh, my gosh. At least Domingo, uh, Domingo was pretty average. He was five innings, three runs, five strikeouts. The same line as Tyone. Didn't go into the sixth, though. Just won five. I mean, it's... it's They're so hard. They're hard. They're a hard team to watch. I... Like, I don't even... Like, I don't... I don't enjoy watching Yankees baseball this season. I thought by this time I'd at least enjoy watching them. And I'd just be complaining because I always complain. But this is actually justified to complain about. This is a Yankees team who are boring, flat, inconsistent. And when they're bad, they're very bad. And when they're good, they're only decent. Game three. Montgomery. Gets the win. It's a 4-3 Yankees victory. Gio Urshela in the, in the first inning. Plates one to right field. Solo bomb. 2 nothing Yankees. Not a solo bomb. A two-run bomb. Margo. Fielder's choice. 2-1. to one. Clint. Two-run single. 4-1. to one. Uh, Diaz. Sack fly. 4-2 to two after 5. Monty goes 6 and a third. Three runs. Just one of them earned. Six strikeouts. Good to see him pitch into the seventh. That Odor error, mistakenly trying to turn that double play, sails it into the left field area. Kind of was were the only was the only blemish, but again, it didn't go on his line. Got the ERA still down. He downed it to under four. It's in, it's three ninety two, and he's got a three and one record now. So Montgomery's pitched well. He's he's a de- again he's a decent pitcher. You know you're gonna get those numbers every year if he's healthy. He's going to be a guy who sits in the high threes, low fours. He's a, a decent number five. Um, Joy, base hit in the seventh, four to three. And then it got scary in the ninth. Chapman comes in, gets into and out of trouble. You know, you got that awesome matchup with Chapman versus G-Man Choi. Um, but then he feeds him the 3-2 slider. And it was to perfection. Flaherty called it. Who Flaherty's the only one I really enjoy right now in the booth. I like Flaherty. I like Singleton. And I, I like O'Neal. But Flaherty and Singleton. Two guys who shoot it straight. More than anybody else on that network. Especially Flaherty. I, I love Flaherty. Big Flaherty guy. Um... Yeah, man, it was it was a good win despite the countless amounts of uh, wasted opportunities. Two for nine, 
scoring position, nine men left on base. Um, nine hits, six walks, 14 strikeouts. Um, Urshela led in hits, homers, and RBIs. The bullpen closed it out with Lasagna, Chad, and again, Chapman. And that was game three of the set. Um, game four, now if you're watching the podcast, I didn't write up a little, you know, set up with the stats on the, on the bottom ticker there. I ain't feel like it. <laughs> Just trying to rush through this episode tonight. But, you know, it was, why, why, what's the worth? It was a, a terrible loss. Yankees had two runs. Tampa had nine. Garrett Cole versus Ryan Yarborough. Guardy homers for his first of the year makes it one nothing. Meadows again, guy just you could put him up there, you know, in that Yankee killer category. You know, one we neutralized a Rosarina, and now it's Meadows just torching us. Two to one after his homer. Um, Lau gets an RBI double. Or RBI single later on. Three to one. Diaz makes it five to one. Later, Meadows, another RBI, eight to one. Wendell, nine to one. The only run we had outside of the one earlier was the Miggy one. Uh, hits a home run to make it nine two later. Then it's Nelson, Sessa, and, and Krisky who was called up. But that Nelson guy, man, does he suck? I mean, shit. This guy, they were talking him up so much in the in the preseason. How he's got a hard fastball that plays up even because of its spin rate. And how he's got a power change up. And they like him. But he's not producing. I mean, he's gotten too many opportunities. He's been really bad. 55-31. Phoenix. He's been bad. The Lakers must have run on a run there because I looked up and they had 18 minutes later. <laughs> now they've got 31. Um, oh, Nick Nelson sucks. Hopefully he's getting sent back down. Can we call some decent talent up, man? I've already vented on the service time thing, so I won't even get into it, but like, come on. Um, yeah, it was a bad start from Cole, though. You know, five runs to his line. Uh, you could see from the start that he was definitely out of sync. You know, his body language did not look great. He never looked comfortable at all. He didn't look comfortable from the start. You could see he was just... There was, like, there was that weird play at, at first base where he had to... What he, we ran, he tried to run Kiermaier down and step on first himself. Where he just jogged over there. He didn't even sprint. He jogged over and he didn't even tag him or flip. He didn't tag or flip. He just took it upon himself, jogged over to first to step on the bag, and Kiermaier was called safe. Very odd. Just didn't look right. And that kind of started the meltdown. Um, some hard contact against him. Not a ton of strikeouts. and He didn't get helped. There, there was awful, awful umpiring. Um, it was Chad. Chad, uh, I forget who it was. But he was not good. Yarborough was getting all the borderline calls. Garrett Cole was getting nothing. And that's not acceptable. 
But that's not why the Yankees lost. They were bad offensively. They didn't pitch well. And there's the whole thing. You know, are we getting a little concerned about the spin rate with Garrett Cole? The RPS? Because he's not... You know, the MLB is cracking down on these pitchers who are, who are using substances on the ball. And I was looking at some of the numbers. His spin rate is down this year. Is that going to catch up to him? It's just something to think about. I'm not really like concerned about Garrett Cole. But... Just, just a thought. So... That's it. I mean, the offense is really bad. This lineup sucks. And it's concerning the shit out of me, man. There's the whole... The Yankees will hit. But blah, 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 blah. Is it Will they, though? Will they hit? Because when will they do that? It's late. Not late, but it's it's late to keep saying that. Like, we're getting to a point where it's gotten pretty loud. The Yankees are still not hitting. So will they? Will they hit this season? Guys are bad. Guys are very, very bad right now. I'm going to try to pull up this page here. And that's not it. Here we go. Um, hold on. Because now I'm not in the picture here. Here we are. But I want to talk about it, man. It's really, like... Rupnet Odor is atrocious. That guy sucks. He sucks. And you sheep are so easily fooled, man. You guys are the worst. Like, every time Cashman goes out and acquires one of those old has-beens, you guys, you nerds, you simpletons, jump on it like bait. Like a big jumbo shrimp. I mean, we, we go all the way back to Chris Carter. The 40-something home runs to lead the National League the year prior. Or Troy Tulowitzki, who obviously, you know, a former all-star player. They get him at the end of his career. He retires. Speaking of retirement, Jay Bruce, guy who hits 30 home runs consistently in his prime. Guys thought he was going to magically bring that back years later. And Odor, who's just been garbage the last several years. And that's the thing. All these guys have track records from their previous one or two seasons before becoming Yankees that say they're probably going to be dog shit. And you people still get fooled into thinking they'll be catching lightning in a bottle. Like, let's be real. Nobody but anybody but sense. Like, nobody thought he would do good, Odor. Except for idiots who actually buy into that crap. Everybody knew, most people with brains knew this guy was most likely going to suck because he sucked for the last several seasons. And he's sucking right now. He's been absolutely terrible to a point where I'm willing to go Chris Gittens. And a lot of Yankees fans are now. You're hearing that name more and more. Chris Gittens, because we need a first baseman so DJ can go back to playing his normal position. Actually, to be honest with you, if we're talking about it, if we get Odor to fuck off and we stop playing this guy, and we do call up Gittens, I was thinking about it because I think the best option for the Yankees defensively around the infield, you could do Gittens at first base, give him a shot, but then from there you have 
Torres back to his second base position, which is much better than when he plays shortstop. You have Gio Urshela man shortstop, which he's played a lot of this season. And then you have DJ playing third, which he's very capable of doing. I actually think that's probably the best defensive option for the Yankees. That's the best combination to go with. I feel like that would work a lot more than what we're doing right now. I like that idea. I would give Gittens a, a shot. And I think the defense in the other three spots, those are going to get you your best defensive. That's your best defensive infield right there. I think you, you slide Torres back over to his natural position. You have DJ play third because he can do that. And you have Gio play shortstop, which I think he's done a very good job of. I don't know the metrics behind his shortstop play versus his third base play, but I am more of an eye test guy defensively anyways, and I don't think it's been bad at all. I think it's been above average to say the least at shortstop. But here are the offensive numbers because I want to get to it because, man, it sucks. And it's funny because we're literally the, the only, like, we're the only team in baseball who actually doesn't have a first baseman right now. We, we literally don't have a first baseman. We're supposed to be a World Series contending team, and we are going through the year not having a first baseman. We don't even have a true left fielder at the moment. Like, And on days that Guardy shifts over to the left, we don't have a center fielder. We had to put Judge there the other day. We have such a clunky, mismatching outfield it's, or, or defense. It's so pathetic. We don't have a first baseman, and, we're, and we don't have an outfielder in one of those spots. Literally, like no natural possessions. We don't have a natural first baseman. We don't have a natural left fielder slash center fielder right now. It's so bad. Honestly, though, just give me Tyler Wade over Odor. If you don't want to go Gittins, give me Tyler Wade. And then you have DJ slide over to first. I don't I don't know. Um, but the offense here, we're on this page for a reason. It, it sucks right now. It's very poor. It still sucks. It still sucks. And I want to get to it. Listen, Aaron Judge, some market correction lately, right? He's, he's had a good year, <clears throat> but you know, he was hitting 310 not long ago. So he was going to have some kind of regression, as I was saying, it's going to happen. <clears throat> so a little bit of market correction for him, but I'm not worried about him. Um, <clears throat> Gio's got to get hot again. He was, you know, on like a one for 17 slide. The last two games of the series, I did like what I saw from him. He got the home run. He's hitting more. He's having some better at-bats. Um, but everybody else, man. Oh my gosh. Nobody showed up this season offensively outside of Judge and Geo before the slump. Nobody. I mean, look at these. Look at the averages. So we're in averages right now. Look up and down, dude. So you've got. Don't worry about these vinyl four either because they're guys who are no longer on the squad. It's Talkman, Bruce, Florial, and somebody else. Um, but look at, look at, okay, so Ford. Oh my God, he's awful. A buck 33. You got a buck 87. That's two guys. 
So let's count the amount of 100 hitters that actually have decent at-bats. Amount of at-bats. So you got Mike Ford right here. This is one. Hold on. Okay. Trying to get the whole... Trying to get a hold of this. Hold on. Here we go. Alright, so let's count the amount of fucking Mendoza line hitters. One. Two. Uh, we're not going to count that guy at the bottom, so... I think right here... Third to last... Is, um... is That's Jay Bruce, so we won't count him. So we got one right here, Mike Ford. And this is Talkman, so we won't count that, so... Let's delete those two. Alright, so here we go. Mike Ford, one. I am so bad at this, bro. And my tablet just crashed. Oh, Lord, man. I gotta get rid of this. One, two, three, four, five, Jesus, six. We have six guys. We have six guys batting under 200. And then, where's Gary? Gary's hitting 205. So seven guys, 205 or worse. Seven, seven guys who get regular at-bats. So seven of the nine hitters in the lineup are hitting 205 or worse. Now, they don't always play together, but that's seven guys who are regulars on this squad batting 205 or worse. That is absolutely disgusting. And if you're an OPS guy, I'm sure that doesn't side great as well. I mean, you have Judge's OPS and then you have everybody else's, right? Bad shit. So, they can't hit. What the fuck else is there to say? Whoopsies, let me switch back to this camera. <laughs> They're not hitting. Good. So, I don't know, man. I, I just don't see the optimism here. Like, this is the best we have right now. This is it. The pitching has been carrying us, and we're still barely over 500. So, if the pitching regresses from spectacular the starting pitching or just the pitching in general overall has been spectacular if it goes from spectacular to even average and the offense remains this bad we are absolutely screwed it's go time fellas it, like i said at the top of the show we gotta get it going um last 15 games if you want some positives some half positives last 15 games miguel andujar Hitting 308 with a slug in over 450 and an OPS a bit under 800. Last 13 games, Clint Frazier heading into today's game, his last 13 games, he was 316 average, 
995 OPS. That was before the 0 for 4 today. But really, that's the best we've got. That's the best we have right now. Is a couple of guys hitting decently over a small sample size is the best thing we can go to lately with this offense, which has just not been there the entire year. It's Judge who's been there the entire year. Geo, uh, but he's slumping right now. Fucking guys can't click at the same time, dude. It's so frustrating. Can we stop messing with the baseballs? And I'm not using that as an excuse because other teams are hitting and the Yankees are not with the with the de-juiced baseballs. But why do we have to go and do that in the first place? Could we just use normal baseballs? Like, we didn't have to juice them a few years ago and now we don't have to take life out of them this year. Could we just play normal baseball with normal baseballs? I think it was LaGreca on the K show. Brought up a good point. Like, what if the NBA just, like, ex made the rim smaller? You know? Like, that's bullshit. Why does nobody... Why is baseball the only sport that does this shit? Excuse me. But it's true. They they did... They definitely did something to the baseballs. And if you don't believe that, go back and watch Clint Frazier's walk-off home run. That shit looked like it was going to travel 450 feet. It became a wall scraper. And Clint looked look like it... He was a little shocked, too. He crushed that thing. And it barely made it over the left field wall. Watch it again. And tell me that they're not dejuicing the baseballs. So. I don't know, man. Um... Thirty-one and twenty-six, twenty-seven. I don't know. Third place still. Boston is on the horizon. Aaron Boone waits until the game's out of hand to to get fake mad and get thrown out today over this piss poor umpiring. No, not falling for that. Michael King's on the on the mound tomorrow. Michael King, yeah. Starting for the Yankees. He's going up against Nathan Evaldi. I don't know, man. I'm just tired of losing. Tired of being inconsistent. And I think that's all I have. Let's go to break. When we get back, we'll wrap it all up with the question of the day. <laughs> Be right back. So, obviously, for 254, it was just one, or no, 253, it was one gigantic venting session by me, so I didn't I didn't even get to the question of the day. So, in 252, uh, the question I asked you guys, when the Knicks debuted for the first time ever on November 1st, 1946, what was the name of the team they defeated? And the answer to that question, NYY, NYK question of the day for rep 252, the answer to it were, it was the Toronto Huskies. That was who the Knicks defeated in their debut, their franchise debut. 
But tonight's NYY, NYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast, get your... Oh, wow. Fucking uh, halftime. They're still down by 20 LA. That's awesome. Uh, Anchor. Best way to get your podcast, you can download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. In 2002, this Yankee hit 39 home runs versus 23 walks. Who was it? All right. So in 2002, this Yankees player hit 39 home runs, but drew only 23 walks. Who was this? Now, I'll give you a hint. Um, But this is only a clue that if you listen to my podcast or watch my podcast or even read my blog, then you'll get this clue. But if you don't, you probably won't. But the hint here, I always compare this, I always compare Miguel and Duhar to this player. That's the hint. So one last time, in 2002, this Yankees player hit 39 home runs, but drew only 23 walks. Who was it? And the hint is, I compare Miguel and Duhar to this player a lot. So if you follow the podcast often and you listen to us a lot, you'll probably know who I'm talking about here. So let us know the answer. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, comment or DM me. Guys, thanks so much. Or you can answer in in the YouTube comment section. Guys, thanks so much. That's all we've got. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. This is episode 254 of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And once again, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you could do so on Apple Podcasts and many more. Watch us on YouTube, but be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Tell me how great I was. All right, guys, thanks so much. That's all I've got. I'm your host one last time, RJ Carbone. This is episode 254 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I hope LeBron James cries and goes home miserable on his own home court. That would be amazing. It's looking good so far, so we'll see. Uh, Go Yankees, I guess. Shit. (laughs) They've got Boston up next. We'll see what happens. I'll see you guys next time.